are you okay? Thank you for your patience. Half an hour late to your service, I am now officially a Nazarene. <laughs> At about 25 past, the pastors around the cenotaph are going, oh my goodness, and people are jumping over the back of the stage and everything to get to their services. So thank you, worship team, for going on. I think we'll make that the last song of the service, will we? You already saw the last one, there we go. So to give everybody a, a chance, and thank you to everybody who took part in this morning's uh, remembrance service here at church too. Well, everyone, um, this is the last uh, Sunday that we're going to do in our Unity series, and it's going to be a wee bit different this morning because we're not only going to talk about um, what Scripture says, but we're also going to take a look at one of our ministries um, in church as well. And I was kind of wrestling a wee bit, I'll be honest with you, this week to work out what Scripture to look at and, and where in the Bible that we're going to go to this Sunday. And then on Monday night, as we were talking about uh, the Compassion Ministry, or as, as it was called, the Community Project, and before that, the Christmas Project, um, one of our board members said something along the lines of, the Compassion Fund, or the Compassion Project, has just been like the feeding of the 5,000. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger. It just keeps multiplying. And that reminded me that exactly a year ago today, I spoke on the feeding of the 5,000. And so I'm gonna go back to that this week, because you'll see why in just a few short moments. The feeding of the 5,000. But I wanna begin, church, by asking you a question that I asked again this time last year, exactly a year ago. And it was this, what's in your lunchbox? Some of you might remember that. And I don't know about you, but um, maybe everybody had a different experience of primary school. But when me and my brother went to school, we always got a packed lunch sent with us. Did anybody else get a packed lunch? Or were some of you the elite among us and went to dinners? Huh? Yeah, right? But I know, see, when it came to opening your lunchbox at lunchtime, all the boxes would begin, oh, would begin to be popped open. I used to have a, a much better one than this. I had a Thomas the Tank one. But then I had to stop using it because I was getting bullied <laughs> by Holly. And, and what would happen is, is the lunchboxes would begin to pop open and everybody would begin to look at their lunchboxes and what was in their lunch. The inevitable question would be asked, what's in your lunchbox, right? And the motivation was always the same, wasn't it? What's in your lunchbox that I can swap for what's in my lunchbox, right? And all of a sudden, the classroom would become like an auction room, wouldn't it? Mars bar going once, going twice, sold. And then you would even go into the higher assets. That's what it was really about, wasn't it? Cheese strings, oh. <laughs> Fruit winders. And the biggest asset of them all, the wagon wheel, right? <laughs> now, I would love to know if inflation has hit the playground. I reckon you're talking five petty falous for one wagon wheel these days. Honestly, I reckon it's gone to that high. But that was always the question, what's in your lunchbox? And church, for a particular reason this morning, I want us to revisit that question a year later. What's in your lunchbox? Allow me to pray for us very briefly as we approach God's word. Lord, as we come to your word this morning, we open our hearts, we open our minds that we might hear from heaven. Lord, soften our hearts this morning that we may hear your gentle voice speaking into our lives. Lord, for those of us who are feeling lowly this morning, may you lift us up. Lord, for those who need a sense of encouragement, Lord, may you breathe your life upon us once again. And in Jesus' name, we all said, amen, amen. Well, church, we're gonna go to that scripture in the feeding of the 5,000. As we read, we're gonna lean on Mark chapter six and John chapter six 
as we go, those two gospels. But Mark writes this, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going, they did not even have a chance to eat. He said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day. So the disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we going to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? I love moments like this in scripture where there's a problem. The disciples find a solution and yet Jesus throws a spanner in the works. He wants this to be a teachable moment. Maybe you've experienced that in your own life. You encounter a problem, you think you've found the solution, and then the Lord of all people throws a spanner in the works. And I understand the disciples' reaction. Um, in the census in 2022, Carrick Fergus has about 27,000 people in it, right? And at the feeding of the 5,000, it's called the feeding of the 5,000, but scholars would say that that was probably only counting the men above a certain age. So chances are there was anywhere between 10 and 25,000 people at this event to hear Jesus. And so what the disciples basically hear is we have up to 20,000 people. Most of Carrick Fergus needs a meal right now. We're in the middle of nowhere. They're starving. The disciples are probably thinking, Jesus, we've been with you all day. We're starving too. What are we going to do? And Jesus says, well, you feed them. And this is what happens next. Watch this carefully. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? Now listen carefully. He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Why would Jesus do that? Why would he ask a question when he already has the answer to the problem? If you think back to the last time, that a group of Israelites were out in the middle of nowhere and needed food, where were they? The book of Exodus and the journey to the promised land, right? And what happened was God provided the food there and then, manna from heaven, bread from heaven, and God's people had everything they needed. But Jesus was doing it differently this time. See, Jesus was bringing in a new order altogether. What he was saying was this, not only will I provide for my people, but I want my people to partner with me in what I'm doing. I want to invite each and every one who follows me to work with me to achieve my will and purposes on the earth. No longer does God's people have to just sit back and hope that God might do something, but rather Jesus invites us into the picture. Jesus invites us to play our part in the kingdom of God. Whether you're in school, you're in uni, you're at work, you're retired, whatever your life looks like right now. That's my phone going. I heard somebody one time, I heard a phone go off in church and if somebody said, if that's not the Lord, turn it off, right? But wherever life looks like for you today, the Lord is inviting you to partake in what he's already doing. 
But I love Andrew's response. Listen to this. Then Andrew said, sorry, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother said, no, sorry, I've gone, I've gone a verse too quickly there. It says, how many loaves do you have? Jesus asked, go and see. In other words, he says, how much do you have? Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? So Andrew goes along and he finds this wee lad. And if tradition is right or wrong, what it tells us is this, is that he probably had his packed lunch with him. Five loaves, two fish. He probably, in modern times, bought along his wee lunchbox that his mum packed him, right? And as he brings his lunchbox, and Andrew, whether he gives it or Andrew takes it, Andrew takes this lunchbox. But did you notice what Andrew said? He goes, Jesus, we have this lunchbox of five loaves and two fish, but what good is that? What good is that? Church, I wonder if we ever have looked into the lunchbox of our lives, looked into what we have to offer God, and we thought to ourselves, what good is that? And you know, church, what this wee lad did was he simply gave what he had, and he gave it all, and something amazing happened. And church, you will be amazed when you give God simply what you have, not always what you think you should have, but simply what you have, and you give it all, God can do amazing things. If you give God all who you are, you give God your marriage, he'll do amazing things. If you give God your singleness, he'll do amazing things. If you give God uh, bringing up your kids and your grandkids or whatever your home looks like, he'll do amazing things through that. If you give God your education or your career or your retirement, God can do amazing things with people who simply give what they have and give it all. Church, I wonder is it time to let go of the what good is it mentality? So many believers today not believe in what God has given them is worth anything. So often we look at the lunchbox of our lives and think what good is that? One of my favorite stories, and it's, it's, it's told a lot um, by pastors, is um, a wee lad down at the beach one day and, and a whole load of starfish, thousands of them, have been swept up onto the beach. And he's walking along, and instead of leaving them stranded, he began to pick one up and he would throw it in. And he's walking along the beach and he's throwing these starfish back into the water to save them. And then an older fella comes along and he says, son, what are you doing? He goes, look at all thousands of starfish here. And you think you're going to make a difference? And the wee lad bends down again. He picks up another and he goes, I've made a difference to that one. And I've made a difference to that one. And I've made a difference to that one. Church, don't underestimate that what God has given you, he wants to use for his purposes and his glory. Is it time to get rid of the what good is that mentality from our faith and our lives. Now, watch the amazing thing that happened by this wee lad simply giving what he had. Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. After he did the same with the fish, they all ate as much as they wanted. Now, usually church, when this story is told, and I know 
um, even growing up, this is kind of how I pictured it in my head, that Jesus took the bread, um, he broke it, and then started handing it out. And all of a sudden, there was just bread and fish everywhere that people could eat from. But if you slow the scripture down, that's not actually what's written here, okay? It says this, that as Jesus blessed the bread, broke the bread, and handed it out. That's exactly what happened. So in other words, Jesus would have handed, can you imagine being the disciples in that moment? Jesus, still with five loaves and two fish, would have handed, let's say Peter, one bit of bread and said, there you go. And he's like, are you serious? Can you imagine him going around a crowd of 20,000 going, don't take too much. Ah, don't take too much. There's, no, there's only five, right? And trying to get through everybody. But what the scripture indicates that happened is this, is Jesus blessed it and he broke it. It just wouldn't run out. It just wouldn't run out. There was an overflow. There was a supernatural provision just from the blessing of Jesus that the bread wouldn't run out. You'll have heard me tell this story before, church, um, because I think it's so applicable today. Um, you've heard me tell the, the story of the miracles of the lollipops, I think. Chloe and I uh, were on our, the church that we, we grew up in. We were on their kids' team um, one summer at Bible Week. And toward the end of the week, every night the kids would always get a lollipop, right? Um, and the leaders would get a lollipop for all their hard work as well. That was the reward at the end of the night. And we'd have hundreds of kids there. And on the last night, um, crisis hit. We ran out of lollipops, right? And our key leader at the time said, guys, not everybody's going to get a lollipop tonight because the guys had counted them out and they had counted them again and again and again and recognized that actually, okay, not everybody's going to get one. Leaders, you're out of the count. You're not getting a lollipop at the end of the night. Chaos ensues. And I don't know what happened. I really don't. Because we definitely didn't have enough lollipops that night. But as they were being handed out one by one to the kids, and then the looks of confusion as all of a sudden there was enough for leaders and enough for every child. And at the end of the night, I will never forget this as long as I live an old kind of school-style canteen tray sitting on a table with lollipops left over. And that night, we all looked at each other and thought, you've got to be joking. Either someone needs to reset their mass GCSE, or we have we've seen something. And someone just said this, maybe God cared enough to make sure every child had a lollipop that night. Because when we move toward people with compassion, church, it's amazing how God can multiply things. Now, whether that was a miracle or someone miscalculated, I'll let you decide, okay? But church, when we give God what we have and we give it all, it's amazing how God can see that it never runs out. It's incredible that when we give with a generous heart and we give God everything in our lives to say, Lord, it may not look like much, but it's yours. Lord, it may only look like five loaves and two fishes now, but I'm going to give it to you. Watch God do amazing things in and through you. And church, over the last couple of years, we have seen God do amazing things through his people and through his house. And this is really where I want to get to this morning. See, church, everything we do will look like it's not enough until Jesus blesses it. Everything we give and offer to him may not seem like it's going to do much until he comes and he blesses it. And church, if you're new, especially in the last, in the last year or so, um, we have had this thing called the Community Project. It's, we've kind of changed the name a wee bit, the Compassion Fund, Compassion Project, um, because it really, it really is what it is. And this is really what I want to come to this morning, church. So at Christmas 2020, um, we decided that with, uh, or felt on our hearts 
um, as a board and then as a church, that we really wanted to meet people at their need that Christmas in the middle of the pandemic. Um, and your giving was, was, was just phenomenal. It, it really, really was. And what we witnessed was a fund that just wouldn't and hasn't seemed to run out. God has just blessed it and breathed on it for your giving. And we've seen some just fantastic things begin to happen. And so we decided, okay, Christmas 2021, we did it again and again. It just wouldn't run out. Your giving was so generous. And so this Christmas again, church, we're going to go with the Compassionate Fund once again. And I want to let you know some things that the Compassionate Fund has done over the last two years. I was really grateful for the team who you'll hear from, by the way. This Compassionate Ministry Church has such a dedicated team to it. You'll hear from them over Advent um, about what they're planning to do and what they will do. Um, but I want to give you some statistics about how your giving, how what you gave out of your lunchbox has impacted people over the last two years, okay? So from September 2020 to the present, uh, the church has managed to help 100 families. Um, a total of £21,519 has been given by our church family. £7,920 in vouchers, that would be for things like food especially. Uh, 4969 on oil, uh, just over 2000 on electric, uh, about 1400 uh, 1500 on gas, and £127 on groceries and coal, okay? And if you're new to Carrick Nazarene, just to frame this to you, um, as a church, we really believe in, in sacrificial giving and tithes and offerings that, that builds the kingdom and the local church. That £20,000 is on top of tithes and offerings and sacrificial giving. And so what you've done, church, and whether you realize it or not, you've simply taken what was in your lunchbox and you said, Jesus, take it. Jesus, take what's in my lunchbox. And no matter what you are able to give, no matter what you were able to give, see if we just hand it to Jesus, and when he blesses it, amazing things happen. <laughs> amazing things happen, church. Um, that's not it, though. Because at the end of the story, you might remember that not only was everybody fed through Jesus' miracle, but something else happened. And here's the last scripture we're going to read. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. Isn't it amazing that even Jesus and his miracle was so abundant there was more left over? And church, each year that we have given to our compassionate ministry at Christmas, it's more or less, and this is amazing, it's funded compassionate ministry the whole year round, right? And I know some of us will give throughout the year, but really Christmas giving has funded an entire year of compassionate ministry. And we have had, if you like, 12 baskets left over, Okay. We've, you've been so generous, we're going, okay, Lord, what do we do with what people have given from their lunchboxes? And, and church, to say this with all sincerity, with, with a lot of time and a lot of prayer from the compassion team and from the board, we're going, okay, Lord, you're clearly breathing on this. What next? And it, it's been impressed in our hearts that with the leftover baskets from the amazing giving from the last two years, that we're going to take a wee step of faith and expand the compassionate ministry, not just to emergency supplies for people like electric and gas and, and food, um, but to extend it to uh, creating what we've called a community hub 
okay? Now, we were going to call it Community Cafe, but we were worried in case people thought there'd be a chef and a full staff team, okay? But the whole idea really is this church. In a winter that is going to be cold for a lot of people, for many who will not have the ability to put the heat on all day, if at all. And we want to create a warm space in the church, probably the minor hall to start off with, where people can come, get a free cup of coffee, maybe some hot food if we can put it on, and be able to come into a church and stay warm. To meet with people who's willing to hear their heart and to talk to them just as an act of compassion and love for Jesus. Earlier on in that scripture, you may have noticed at the beginning that Jesus said, he saw the crowd and his heart was moved with compassion for them. And church, this is just another wee way that we want to have compassion in our community, that we want to have compassion on Carrick Fergus to show the love of Jesus. So here's a couple of things, guys, that we hope that it may um, come into or turn into, but it's a work in progress. And once the team have a, a date and a day um, settled, we'll let you know when that is, but it will be soon. Here's a couple of things that the guys are hoping to do. A warm space for the community this winter with free tea and coffee and maybe some hot food. And see if you could, could come to church. You think, I could make some soup and freeze it. You, you, let, you let us know, and we'd love as much help as we can get. Um, a place for building relationships and getting to know people. And hopefully, it's a work in progress, church. Um, a, a small pantry. Now, when I say a small pantry, uh, we're not talking about food bank levels here because we want to support other ministries in the town. We're not, we're not wanting to, to do our own thing all the time. But when we say small pantry, all we mean is, is maybe just some pasta, some tins, um, some basic hygiene products, some toothpaste, just wee bits and pieces that we'd be able to help people with, particularly in the estate and the surrounding area. And church, this is something we'll be honest with you. Have we got it all worked out? No, <laughs> we don't. But we just want to take a wee step of faith. And as we go into Advent season this season, can I encourage you, church, to once again simply offer Jesus what's in your lunchbox this year and say, Lord, I'll give it to you and we'll watch him do amazing things. Amen. Amen. There's a, there's a story, and I'm going to finish in this. Uh, of World War, from World War II, it's a real preacher's story, and to be honest, I don't know if it's real, but it's a great story, right, of, uh, of after, after the Allied invasion and, and World War II was won, um, the Americans, as you know, had stayed behind to help rebuild Europe, and as they're trying to rebuild a wee French village, in the town there used to be a statue of Jesus with his hands open out like this, but as the Germans had come in five or so years ago, the the statue had been knocked down, it had got damaged and broken up. And what the American soldiers had decided to do was to put it back together for the village, to put back their statue. But the problem was they couldn't find Jesus' hands and they couldn't find Jesus' heat. They had broken off and got damaged and lost, and so they couldn't find them. And so instead of making new ones, they did this. Once the statue of Jesus had been put back up, without hands, without feet, they put a sign up and it said, will you be my hands and my feet? And whether that story is true or not, I thought that's so challenging. God doesn't need us, church, but he chooses to use us. And once again, this Advent season, the community or the Compassion Fund is an opportunity to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. So just to explain how it's going to work briefly, church, if you could put on the next slide there, guys. Um, last two years, the Compassion Fund has always gone directly to community compassion, okay? Some of the stuff we talked about earlier on, the, the initial 21,000. 
but really that's going to be extended out this year to the community hub. So when we give to the Compassion Fund, it's basically funding not only community compassion, but also community hub, a warm space for people in our estate. And church, that's all been made possible by your generous giving, given what was in your lunchbox, and we had 12 baskets left over. Amen? Amen. Church, God bless you. Why don't we stand this morning? Um, I nearly said the worship team were going to come, but I'm not going to put them through that again. So why don't we stand? And uh, I think the last slide there, Chris, maybe, is it, is it a, or the one before that? Is there like a, there we go. So guys, this is going to be left in the screen. Um, if you have a phone, I'd encourage you to take a picture of it. That's the normal church account up there for now. Um, but if you do want to give um, beyond tithes and offerings into the Compassion Fund this Christmas, um, we'd encourage you, if you can, to do that in the next few weeks so that it's there for Christmas. And just use the reference Compassion um, as you do that. And church, God bless you. And in your breathtaking, amazing generosity as you've looked into your lunchbox, God bless you for that. Um, just to let you know, this sermon won't be up for too long because we're really conscious that um, of how things like this are, are listened to in the community. Um, and so if you know people who watch online, tell them to listen to it in the next day or two, and then it's coming down, okay? Because we also wanna, we wanna do this in a way that's, that's honorable to people in our, in our community and in our estate as well, okay? Um, I forgot what I was gonna say there. My head's a mash, your head's probably a mash as well. How many songs do you sing, six? Seven? Oh my goodness, it was like worship night in here. Anyway, right, well here, we're gonna... Pastor, I don't know what's going on here this morning, but I need to share this with you and with everyone. Before I came to church this morning, I, I was reading a book. Now, you'll not know what we were talking about before you came, but I just felt it led in my heart. I should, it was a bit of a, a space filler, but we were together, weren't we? The chapter I read before I come up this morning, it's a, a book that's just been written called Blown Away by Mick Fleming, who was an ex-student of our college. And God has used him on church on the street in, in Burnley. And before he was saved, his mother and father, he was raised as a Roman Catholic. And his mother and father, his mother certainly got saved. And they started to do an outreach in the streets of Manchester. And one night, his mother came home to him. And he says, there was something amazing happened tonight on the streets. They were working out, helping put clothes on people that were homeless, and they took three flasks of coffee with them to hand out. And they says, they ran out of the first one, and they ran out of the second one. And his mother says, you know, we knew that we wouldn't have enough coffee. And he says, but the third flask never ran dry. There you go. And we poured it, and we poured it, and we've brought it home, and it's still full. There you go. And I just as I was reading that this morning and listening to you here this morning, it's a message, God will never let us down. God's abundance is amazing. And thank you for what you've shared this morning. And may we be faithful. Can, can we pray for you this morning, Pastor, before we go? Our Father in heaven, we thank you for your immeasurable grace to us this morning. And we pray, Father, as we leave church this morning, you would... Help us to hold these things in our hearts that we may trust you, simply trusting day by day, simply trusting as the moments fly. 
Father, we pray a blessing on ourselves. We pray a blessing on our pastor, on Holly, this morning, and all our ministry team leaders this morning. Father, help us, Lord, to be faithful in these days, to reach out to a lost world. And Father, in our compassion ministry, may, Father, you just find those people that we need to minister to so that your love and your grace would be shed abroad in their hearts. To the glory of God, we pray in Jesus' name. Church, very brief, very briefly, two quick announcements for you. The first is next Sunday, the 20th, is Baptism Sunday. I want to really encourage everybody to come along to that. Let's get a great turnout for Baptism Sunday. It's an amazing witness. If you know someone in your life who doesn't know Jesus, this is an amazing Sunday to bring them to. We now have three going through the waters of baptism. Um, if you would like to be baptized or know anybody in the service who would maybe want to come and talk, please come and talk to us, and we would love to get that sorted for you. Um, and also, there's a women's night uh, on the 25th of November, Friday the 25th of November, Women's Christmas Connect. It's going to be a bit of a party. We'll tell you a wee bit more about that next week in the Minor Hall at 7 p.m. But for the meantime, church, it's been a bit of an odd service, hasn't it? A bit of an odd Sunday. But why don't we say the grace to wrap up together. Please stay behind for a cup of tea and coffee um, and relax after and, and get to know people. Why don't we say the grace together? May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Worship team, do you want to accompany this in our last song? No? Okay, no, we're joking. Right, there we go.